0: Welcome to Family Financial Views from the University of Illinois Extension. Welcome, everyone. We're so happy to have you on. My name is Kamaya Walls Bichard, and I'm joined today by my two awesome colleagues, Kathy and Saisha. Um, today, we're going to be talking about ways to reduce your spending or expenses. So, hi, Kathy. Hi,
1: Saisha. How are you both doing? Good. I'm happy to be here and have this conversation with both of you. This is Kathy.
2: And I'm <laughs> and we're Yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about ways to cut expenses today. Um, I think it's kind of a timely topic, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So hopefully you'll get some laughs out of such a maybe dry topic.
1: But also, like, you know, it could be a positive topic. Sometimes we have to cut expenses because our income has gone down. And I think there are people in that situation right now. But then sometimes we want to look at cutting expenses so we can do something else with the money. And it could be something fun we're saving up for. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe um, one thing that we could start with. And um,
2: Kamaya mentioned this to us as we were getting ready to start our podcast uh, about, you know, what's kind of the prep work before doing cutting expenses. I think there's some prep work that needs to be done beforehand, don't you think, Kamaya?
0: Absolutely. So I was having a conversation um, with my husband as we were preparing, and I was asking him, I'm like, what are some ways that you cut expenses, right? You know, you think I would know we live in the same house and have shared <laughs> things, but I just wanted him from his perspective. But instead of answering the question directly, um, he started listing off a few different things, and he's like, I'm not answering it directly, but I just feel like there are a few things that I need to talk about or put into play before I even think about what are some of the strategies I can use to cut expenses? So, you know, he brought up several different things, like being mindful of his money, like where are things going given like every do- every um, dollar a job, mm-hmm. and he also talked about like increasing like the amount he has coming in monthly, so like trying to find ways to earn more. So even before he went into like anything relating to like the day-to-day things that he can do to reduce expenses, he went into like a a different direction. So it was a different way that I wouldn't answer the question the way that he did or wouldn't approach the question the way that he did. Mm -hmm. So that just got me thinking about the work that we do and when we're communicating with um, our community members and the folks that we're Working with, um, how do they interpret these questions? Right. So it's a good <laughs> yeah. it's a good thing to say. How how do people interpret something like how do you reduce expenses? Mm-hmm.
1: And it did remind me too when you were sharing that, Kamaya, that when um, our children were younger, and I felt like you know, Jonathan and I just didn't have enough time together. That I got to the point where I wouldn't bring up budgeting questions because if I ever started that conversation with him about like, well, well, should we cut back here or cut back there? He would just decide that that meant I thought he should, I don't know what he thought, but he would just go out and find another job he could pick up that would increase our income, but it also meant that he had less time, which was if we had had that conversation, I would have voted for the time. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's interesting that when some people hear cut expenses, they go to the income side or I need to know more information, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of came out, we were talking about this out of this idea of when people say they put themselves or they're on a budget, You know, does that mean that they're... Tracking expenses does that mean they have an Excel sheet with categories, or is that just sort of code for I'm not spending money on eating out, or I'm not spending money on entertainment? I mean, is what is that? I wonder. I'm just curious what that means to people. Sometimes say, I think it's uh,
2: you know, uh, I'm it's code for I I don't have any money. I'm not coming out with you. <laughs> so
0: yeah. that's but, how I hear it too. I hear it like yeah. very. Pro- <laughs> that's
1: a very popular way now. I hear that. Yeah, but, but I just I think I, it conveys. A lot, right? It's like you know, I have a reason for why I'm saying no. I don't want to go out to dinner with you. It's not personal, but it's it's just you know where my finances are right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I wonder too, Kathy, how many people actually like really track down to the penny? Like I I used to do that. I think when I first started um, in grad school, and then when I first started in extension. Kathy could tell you that I would have an Excel spreadsheet that I would track down to the penny. I can tell you how much we spent on X, Y, or Z. And I remember Kathy being like, that's not going to work forever. And I kind of <laughs> laughed. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. And it didn't. Um, I, I, I actually even wrote a blog post recently about how I've actually stopped tracking my expenses. Cause I can't keep up with them anymore. Um, we have so many different purchases now and so many different people to track. Um, it's gotten really out of hand. So It's just kind of a funny story to remind Kathy about, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, but I still would make the argument that at times of transition, tracking your expenses can give you really good data. So, you know, again, I'm not one that's wanted to do it all my life. I know there are people who do and they get wonderful, positive feedback from it and it makes them feel good and gives them good data. That's great. But. I do think like when you're transitioning, whether like like I did track our expenses that way when we moved to the Midwest from California because I had Mm -hmm. no idea what costs would be in the Midwest. I didn't know what like utility costs, heat and air conditioning costs would be. I didn't know what food costs would be compared to what they had been in California. And and I just I just didn't have any sense of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna really track this for a bit and see where our monies go. And I found out some interesting things like, you know, our, I mean, this was a silly example in a way, but our cost for shipping things went way up because I was sending a lot of gifts home to nieces and nephews. Oh, and, yeah. you know, um, and I want it wasn't like when I saw that, that I didn't want to do it. I still was going to ship them gifts. Um, But I had to allow for that in my spending. You know, I had to say, oh, well, we really are spending more money on that than when we were closer to them. And Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's well worth the time in transition. So, for example, if somebody was considering, um, you know, Going back, going to work and adding an income source or stepping out of the workplace and decreasing Mm -hmm. income or retiring or joining two households and, you know, and joining in monies that way. Those are transitions that I think really do make sense um, to to track for a while. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes, those are great. Um, Well, since
2: we're on the, the subject of tracking, I think. I think it is important to talk about, like, ways to track expenses, because I think even when we talk about it in our classes that people think there's only, like, one way to track, and that's not true. So, Kamai, do you have any ways to track expenses that you'd like to add?
0: So... This is great. We just did, like, one of our webinars, um, and Kathy
2: and I were talking about, like, some
0: different ways to to track our expenses. And we'll do a little promo <laughs> in a little bit as well, too. <laughs> but our Let's Talk Money um, webinar series, which our recordings are available in Illinois Media Space. So we were talking about, like, some of the different ways in how, like, people track expenses. And we got, like, a lot of feedback from people who were on the webinar, too, who were sharing, like, their experiences and what they do. Mm-hmm. And I know in my household, we've tried mold. Multiple things. So we've done like the app piece with, um, you know, you need a budget with Mint. We've done spreadsheets and with two different type of money personalities, the adults in my household, myself and my husband, like we had like different ways in how we felt comfortable with tracking. So just creating like our own kind of like space and making sure that um, we. Pick one that worked well for us, but then we thought it was going to work well, but then it just didn't. So, just we've gone through multiple, multiple ways in how we've tried to track. And right now, I'm back to like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and my husband, we have like a online banking, so we track it through like the banking app because it works really well for us that way. Mm-hmm. So, we've tried like different things. So, just like you said, Sasha, there's not just one way, there's a lot of different ways. And sometimes I know it can feel like it's exhausting to be trying different things, but. Um, You know, to to get yourself into a place where you find something that you're comfortable with and something that you want to continue to use or explore new things that may be available.
1: And I think also keep in mind, you don't always have to track every different category. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it's interesting if you ask people to identify like three categories or four to track. People usually come up with ones that I have a sense they they have an idea that maybe they're overspending in that area or it has potential to be cut back. Yeah, And so, you know, you could just say, for example, well, I want to track how much I'm I'm spending on food that's not at a grocery store. Um, and so, you know, you could just keep your receipts and put them in an envelope and then add them up once a week. And you'd, you'd have a pretty good idea of how much you're spending on lunches out or coffees that you pick up or, um, you know, dinners out, anything like that. And it wouldn't have to be a big deal. You know, I mean, and for some people, apps are really easy. I think an app might work well for me, but for other people, just holding on to those receipts and then adding them up, sticking them on the refrigerator, you know, adding them up once a week would work well. I think sometimes we, you know, we have to be just really realize that for different people, like Kamaya was saying, different things are going to work and not to get frustrated if you feel like you're not accomplishing it all. Just start out with something, Mm -hmm. try it out. Maybe, you know, keep it simple to start with. And then if you find that you're getting good data in a couple of categories, it may make you curious enough and motivated enough to, like, then add a couple more categories in. I think
2: that's a good tip, Kathy, um, is just to track one. Um, And then, you know, from Kamaya, you were saying, like, you've tried different things. And I think trying different things is just another way of us to learn how to actually track or budget Really, um, you know, like I used to do the paper and pen method and like write everything down. And then I went to the Excel spreadsheet because I figured out how to do spreadsheets in college. I was like, yes. And then now um, I didn't, I didn't for a while, you know, after my son was born. And then uh, after he was born, we started having lots more expenses because, you know, childcare, now he's in t ball and soccer and all these cute little things. So now we um, I actually use a website and it tracks it and it uses its AI and. Now it's all, like, super fast and everything, and it gives me pie graphs, and I love it. I don't have to track anymore, and it makes my life a lot easier. So it's different for everybody, but... I think that food expenditure, Kathy, is one of the larger ones that most people do track.
1: I think it's the one I hear people say that if they're going to start somewhere, that's what they want to start with. Mm -hmm. Um, But it could be, you know, entertainment. It could be utilities. I mean, I can see a lot of different things people could try. But food is often, I think, up there. So when we're talking about expenses, I think
2: it is good for us to kind of define in our terms our words, our terms, what we think fixed and flexible expenses are, because I think that also is where people get caught up. And I think that, I think that we as a team actually define fixed a little differently than other people do. So I'm going to tell you that I think that uh, fixed expense is something that is typically like a contract. It's the same dollar or a similar dollar amount every month that you've, you know, signed up to do. So for examples could be things like your home, uh, mortgage, uh, maybe auto insurance, if it's taken out monthly, or even um, like a car payment. But for fixed, uh, flexible expenses, you know, that amount fluctuates every month. So yes, you have a responsibility to pay your utilities every month, but they fluctuate. So I just wanted to kind of get that definition out there.
1: I think what confuses people is it, um, or when I work with people, a lot of times they start thinking of needs as being fixed expenses. So, like, well, I have to have food, therefore it's a fixed expense okay, it's true that you have to have food, but as Seisha was saying, it can fluctuate. I mean, you know, there's a certain amount you're going to have to spend, but you could spend more than that some months, like if you have gas or you decide to eat well. Um, And so that's when we were talking about cutting it back in the food category is we often, when we're having to make changes to our spending or we choose to make changes, we look at flexible expenses because they're easier to change quickly. So you could say this month I'm eating beans and rice And canned vegetables and fruit. And that's it. (laughs) Um, And you would survive. And your bill, I would bet, would be less um, for food. Okay. You might not want to do it for three years, but you could do it for a while. That sounds really Um, yummy, Kathy. Okay. Well, you know, we could could do it, right? (laughs) Um, But whereas a fixed expense, like you mentioned, like a car loan, you might be able to get out of your car loan. And we'll talk about that later. But... um, you're not going to do it tomorrow, probably. It's no. going to take more effort. And there may be bigger consequences to breaking that contract, too. So, yes, you know, if you wait till your rent lease comes up, you could change what you're, how much you're paying to rent. But if you try to break it in the middle or get out of it, it's going to cost you. So so that's why I kind of think about it is um, what could I change Sooner is more likely to be flexible, and the fixed expenses I could probably change, but I might have to plan them out a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's good because it clarifies a lot too. And just like you, with you, Kathy, and folks that you work with, I see some of the similar um, confusion there. So, having clarify that is always good.
1: And it's the only reason really to have the definitions, I think, is so when we talk about how do mm-hmm. we change expenses that we can think about it that way. So, and we're all on the um, same page, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially,
2: you know, when we're talking in classes or, you know, we're training our mentors to te- talk to the mentees that way. Like, that just it, – it's a good overall cohesive And I think
1: – If we think about it like other flexible expenses that if you're really you know it again it depends on your household and your needs but um you know sometimes you can make choices to not spend as much on clothing Mm -hmm. you know again it wouldn't last forever but you Mm -hmm. could cut back on that short term um you might be able to Cut back on how much you spend on entertainment, like going out and doing things. That's another flexible expense that I think. Or
0: streaming services. That's what I was going to say, the streaming services. <laughs> I feel like Sasha and I are guilty of that. Yep. We have way too many streaming services, so try <laughs> to figure out ways to cut that one.
1: And are, are most of those where you could cut them this month, or is there a contract, like an annual year that you're paying mm-hmm. for? It depends on the service, right, Kamaya?
0: Yeah, it depends on the service, but for a lot of them, it's yeah, it's not contract based. Um, you can, if you want to cancel it this month, and it goes out at the end of the month. There's no penalty for it.
1: So that's a great example. I think um, you know, if it that's a flexible one, you could make that choice. And again, values go into this. Like you know, mm-hmm. it could be that Maya's like, yeah, we can do without that streaming service, and Sasha might be, nope, that one we're keeping because <laughs> I can get my job done while my son watches. You you know, whatever, um, you know, and I'm, I'm the same way, you know, there's things that I don't want to get, um, get rid of, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm still spending money for good coffee. So, uh, you know, and I'll spend extra for it. <laughs> the good coffee, but only rice and beans in
2: Kansas. Yes. cheese. <laughs> yes, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get that, I just had to. <laughs> um, so I think that was good to kind of talk about. I, you know, I think when we talk about those flexible expenses, you're right, Kathy. They're easier to change. It's easy. It's more quick. We can be like, bam, changing it today. It's done. I'm gonna make up this, um, you know, stopping block in my spending, and we're not doing that anymore. You know, but like with the fixed expenses, you're right. It can be really difficult to change. Um, and so can we talk about that a little bit about changing major expenses? You know, if they need to be changed. I think that might be a good discussion going on.
1: Well, the last podcast we just we did, I think it was the last one, we talked about refinancing your home mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And so, if you missed that one, go back and listen to it. Um, But we talked, you know, about the fact that like your your home mortgage is a set amount; it's fixed. But sometimes you can make changes in it. And right now, with the economy being what it is and interest rates low, you might be want to look at whether or not refinancing it would save you money in the long run. Mm -hmm. Now, there may be some upfront costs, so it might not be a. short-term savings um, but it could save you money in the long run so yeah. I think that's one example um, when you talk about housing costs you could also again kind of in the long run again look at changing leases you know getting mm-hmm. a, a smaller place or a less costly lease you could look at taking in roommates maybe that's not ideal you know in our ideal living situation um, Right before we logged on, I was complaining about things moving around my house and I can't find them. But um, but it is, you know, it, if there's somebody to help share with those fixed costs of rent and utilities, it will definitely lower your, your overall costs. Mm-hmm.
2: I think another one um, is we can definitely talk about this because I used to actually – I used to sell auto insurance. I don't think that both of these ladies know this, but I used to sell auto insurance and, you know, lowering your insurance rates um, for like low driving or not driving. You know, if you're not driving the vehicle, you can take that car off and just do, um, in the event something happens, you know, let's say a tree falls on your house and and hits the garage, you know, you take care of the property damage for the vehicle, um, but, you know, you're not having to pay for that. Expense as you're like, if you're driving on the road. Um, And then of course, there's the low mileage and that you really have to qualify for that. I really want to like make that clear is like you have to, you can only drive so many miles on it per year, and then you can hit that like low mileage qualification, but you have to actually prove it. So Those are some other ways that we can kind of lower those fixed expenses.
1: And I think while we're on the topic of car insurance, um, I was also looking at an article, a report that um, uh, AAA does once a year on your driving costs. And I thought it was really interesting as we look at. You know, costs that are big, I just always think of owning a car as being a large expense. It is. Um, And, you know, of course, there's good reasons to own cars. That's why we do it, right? So we go places we want to go and get to work and all those things. Um, But in bad economies, it may be worth looking at how many cars per household and is there a way to – reduce the number of cars per household. And Mm. I think we sometimes forget that it's not just your loan payment that you're making. If you have a car loan, Um, there's a lot of other costs. So there's obviously fuel. We think about that. But in this study, I thought it was interesting that across the board, no matter the size of the car, pretty much it was a one-to-one cost per mile. So for every you know dollar you spent on fuel, you were spending another dollar on maintenance and repair oh, yeah. and tires. So I think that it, it, you know that I'm generalizing a little bit. You can look at the study if you want to know specifically for like if it's a small car or a large car. But um, it was it really played out that way, and I think. I'm not sure that we always think about it that way when we're, you know, the, those maintenance charges come in lump sums, whereas the fuel is more spread out. And mm-hmm. then, of course, there's insurance, like you said, Saisha. Um But then there's also license registration and taxes, which could be quite a bit depending on where you live. Um, in this study, it was somewhere between five hundred and thousand dollars a year for people. And again, you'd have to look at your own insurance to see, you know, how much that was costing. But that could easily be a thousand dollars or more a year. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to just, you know, if you're looking at the year coming up and you're thinking we're going to really be having a tight year, looking at your what you're spending on having a car might be something to consider, you know, and it, I think this is a great example of stepping down expenses. Mm-hmm. So we often talk about like sometimes you just get rid of an expense. Like you say, I'm not drinking coffee anymore, but sometimes you talk about, <laughs> um, you know, stepping down like to like drinking it less often, but we could also do it with a car, right? You could take the approach Sasha was saying, which mm-hmm. was you know, park it in your garage, take it out of, off the street, and then you could lower your insurance or get rid of almost all your insurance. You could even not, you know, cancel your registration if you honestly aren't taking it on the street. Yeah. And, but you could certainly cut back on the maintenance and the gasoline if you're not driving it. So all kinds of levels, you know, of where you would, could step it down in terms of the costs. And if you really you know, felt comfortable not having that car available, you could look at selling it, which is a way of pulling in income. Mm-hmm. So again, not saying that for any one household, they'd want to do all those things. A but lot. It might be something, <laughs> well, true, but it might be something for a household that is trying to make some hard choices right now mm-hmm. um, to, to think about, is this a way that I could find some money that would allow some flexibility yeah. in our our household spending. And I
0: and I definitely think it's worth having a conversation, because mm-hmm. I've had this conversation in my household. Like, for our job in Extension, we travel a lot, we're in our car a lot, we love being in our car so we can listen to podcasts, <laughs> um, on our way to do different, like, programmings and different events that we have to attend. And so that... Was a big part of the conversation that I had in my household because we were a two-car household mm-hmm. and we were trying yeah. to just going down the list to see how we can step down to like reduce the cost of like auto with like our auto um, expenses. Mm-hmm. So for us, like just going through all of it and trying to figure that out, um, we did end up deciding to keep both vehicles because it worked out better for us with commute to work as we we're going to start to transition yeah. back. But if it was a different scenario, we were exploring like all the different options to see like what would be the best thing for us to do to kind of reduce like that cost so even just having like that conversation it's good just go over the pros and cons of it because i know for some of us we you know our vehicles are so important to us right like Mm -hmm. being in there is kind of like our place of solitude sometimes so even thinking of saying okay we're going to move from two cars to one um that can you know that can be a little scary (laughs) but start the conversation
2: I can tell yeah. you that I had one vehicle for a while. My my car was in the shop, and I was like, itching to get my car back. I was like, "Where's my car? I need my space." Um, <laughs> but I think that's good that you had that conversation, Kamai, because then you can, you know, share. You shared that little piece of it, and that was good. So.
1: And we just had that conversation and we share cars with some of, them. well, we every, we don't really share cars, but depending on if people need to go out of town or not, cars get moved around different people. Mm-hmm. Um, we just made a decision. One of the older cars just died or the repair would be a lot. <laughs> um, and we're not going to replace it right now. So mm-hmm. we're going to wait a few months and then make a decision, you know, then revisit it. But right now we're just not going to replace it. hmm so different things for different people at different places. We also live in a small town that has a lot of public transport. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like I was thinking of like my
2: um, best friend, her um, significant other. You know, they live in the, they live in the city, so like they don't really need you know that because they have that public transportation. So, um, you know, it just depends on like where you live if you even have a car or have a car to you know give up. So, true enough. True enough. Yes. Okay. Another thing about insurance I just wanted to say really quickly is um, always shop around. People are super loyal to brands. And I understand that. Um, And Kamaya's is laughing because it's true. People are really loyal to certain uh, insurance companies. um, But it's always in your best interest to shop around every six months to a year. um, And at least get three quotes because um, most people usually go with the first person they call. And you really, really should shop around. So um, as a former insurance agent, I'm telling you, shop around, please. It will help you. You'll save money and have the same coverage and everything will be okay. So there you go.
0: And even with like shopping around too, you know, looking for like the best interest rate, but also finding companies that kind of... (laughs) match you a little bit ethically, too. For us, like, when we were shopping around for insurance when we moved to Illinois, it, that was a big deal for us, too. Like, the values and missions and vision of, like, the company and, like, what they support and just all of that stuff, too, was very important. And in some ways, it was as important as finding, like, that good insurance rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I- and I think when you do get it kind of, like, you get it narrowed down a little bit to the one, the comfortable company that you feel comfortable with and um, with all those different variables, then ask them, like, is there any discounts you can offer me or is there (laughs) any way that this price could be lower? Because sometimes they just forget to tell you, like, well, if you turn in your son's grades... And they have good grades, you can get a discount. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, I'm more than happy to do that mm-hmm. to get that discount. Or if you have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen, which is a good idea anyway, then you can get a discount. So, sometimes there's things that they you can do that would actually bring your price down, too. Well,
2: even um you get sometimes you get discounts just because of the occupation that you have. So, teachers right. get sometimes get a discount, military members, first responders. You, you know, it's always good to ask for a discount. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so what does it hurt to ask? So, And then it may be something you're already doing, like you say. Yeah.
2: So I think we've covered a lot of some of the things that we've talked about um, that I wanted to cover today. But one thing I did want to talk about was what... What prompted you to start budgeting? Um, I found this survey from debt.com which I thought was really interesting. Um, it said 80% of Americans told debt.com that they are on a budget compared to the last two years when 70% answered yes to the same question. So it's 80% of Americans claim that they are um, on a budget. I'm not really sure. I feel like Amaya's laughing. Um, I'm is shaking her head. I just feel like It's a different never- interpretation of what that Actually I means
0: yeah, I, it's just different interpretation
2: it's Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Uh, is it a frugal? Are you just being frugal? Is it really a budget? I just thought that was like a really crazy statistic. Um, but the other question was, what's prompted you to start budgeting? And forty-three percent said I wanted to increase my savings or wealth, and thirty-one uh, percent. It just says debt. I don't know if that's reduced debt, pay down debt, um, increased debt. Like, I'm not really sure what that is. Um, But I I thought it was an interesting survey. And I can also put it in the show notes. Um, The other statistic I thought that was really interesting, and we can talk about this in a second. It said 58% of men and 53% of women surveyed hadn't checked out financial websites for budgeting tips. Because they're listening
1: to our podcast. Hopefully.
2: (laughs) But if you're not listening to our podcast, um, you know, I'm guessing where do people, do they just ask their friends? Like,
1: I just think that this might, I I mean, just to play devil's advocate here, this could be like one of those questions where when somebody asks you, are you on a budget? People feel like they should say yes, mm -hmm. because it sounds like this responsible answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, like, do you pay attention to where your money goes? Well, of course I pay attention to where my money goes. Do I do anything when it goes out the door more <laughs> than my income is coming in? I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, and maybe I'm just mm-hmm. in a cynical mood today. But uh, I love this mood. Keep going. Keep going. I love it so, <laughs> It's a vibe. I think it's. I think it's good that people are aware of paying attention to where their money goes, which is what I'm going to take the answer to this question. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good first step. Let's mm. put it that way. It is. It's a good first step.
2: I just thought it was, like I said, 80% of Americans surveyed. Um, I just, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to go back and see where they get the survey responders from. Cause I would love to meet somebody who was as diligent about budgeting that I used to be about. So, I would love to meet someone like that.
0: So to answer that question, Seisho, what prompted you to start budgeting?
2: Oh, I had a lot of life changes. I can tell you that right now. Um, grads from grad school to my big, my big person job, which is extension. So (laughs) here I am seven years later. Um, you know, but I went from, and Kathy said this a billion times, I'm really sorry, Kathy, you know, but I went from single person, and then I got engaged, and I got married, then we bought a house, then we had a kid, then we bought another house, like, you know, all these life transitions can really just like, bump you to make sure that you're tracking because you know, every time there's a um, increase in expenses, there's also maybe an increase in our income too. It just was kind of, it's kind of crazy there for a few years. I remember it was just a lot. Um, and that's why I was tracking every penny. So
1: and I think that makes sense. I think, you know, the time that I was most motivated was when we did actually have some money, mm-hmm. you know, when we were really tight, I actually kind of kept track, like just in the sense of, did we have money at the end of the month after the paycheck, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, if, if we had money left mm-hmm. over, even if it was a couple dollars, we were good. And if we didn't, then it was a problem. <laughs> and I mean, and then when we had more money then, and we also had young children, I think I was hoping to get to a better place than just we made it through the month. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be able to see, well, what would that look like? Like we had bought a house, but we didn't have much furniture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we really didn't have furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to be able to like, you know, buy a couch or buy a table or, you know, stuff like that. So, but I didn't really want, I didn't want to go in debt for it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, or if I did go in debt, I wanted to know how long I was going to take me to get out of debt for it. So I think it was more just wanting that information so, because I felt like there was a little bit of money to work with beyond paying food, utilities, rent.
0: Yeah. And I think in my household, we started because we just, we were tired of driving each other crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, in the beginning of, like, establishing um, a partnership together, it's just like, okay, let's not do that. Let's just sit down and try to figure this out so that we don't go mad. And it, and since then, um, just, like, working that out together and, like I said, like, trying new things and, you know, going over different things, and it just it just kind of helped us um, stay on track and also to, like you know, realize our goals, like what our actual goals right. were. Like we had like our individual goals, but like what were our goals as a family and what were we trying to, um, you know, do, you know, like for our kids and, you yeah. know, like paying for college is a very important piece for us. So all of those things help motivate us to just start <laughs> our budget um, and to, to remain sane together.
2: I think I love the honesty, because I, I mean, yes, I say life transitions, because that's probably my politically correct way to say that. But I think the same thing, you know, um, <laughs> my husband and I are, we're very opposite money personalities, even though we have literally the same degree. And, you know, I'm the spender, he's the saver. And I think it just helped us as well. So... Good answers, ladies. Good question, Kamaya. Good question. Yeah.
0: I love this discussion. I think it's it's one of those topics that we could be like, Oh yeah, this is a you know easy topic to go through but people just interpretation based on our discussion, right? Interpretation mm-hmm. of what we're we're talking about when we are saying like reduced expenses and the type of expenses that you have. Yeah. Sometimes it you know, it can get um a little frustrating for a lot of people as they're thinking about this It's like I don't want to cut anything anymore. I feel like I've been trying to do that or been mm-hmm. doing that. So yeah um, I love this type of discussion
2: or you always feel that way like you just feel like you that's what you've been doing for months and you're just like I'm tired of it I just want to spend something (laughs) like "Mm -hmm." I could see that happening too well at least it's happened in my house so I think this might be the best time to talk about some of our best tips so the ones that we've them. tried from our own <laughs> lives that are yes.
1: practical, that have worked. Yes.
2: So, <laughs> I agree. Um, Kathy, would you like to start... I'm going to let you do one, and then Ka- Maya can do it, and then I can do it. Does that sound good?
1: That's good though, okay. for me. Kathy, so give me All your right. first one. So, to honestly... most of the time, I'm just not, I'm not that careful when I pay my bills. Like I, I look at it and I say, that looks about right. And I quickly scan it and then I pay it because I hate paying bills. But every once in a while, Jonathan and I, we go through our bills line for line and make sure we understand every charge. And sometimes that's like our phone bills or our utility or our internet provider or our credit card bills. And we look for things that we're like, what is that? And why are we paying that? And it could sometimes it's subscriptions that we signed up for something, you know, that, and, and sometimes there's really literally things where like, that must be your charge. And that must be your charge. You know, like (laughs) we just recently had one from uh, like a, a digital, I don't want to use any names, but a digital company that provides services. And I'm like, I don't think that's mine. And then anyway, we've been trying to, we've, We've just been to have a heck of a time. We couldn't try and figure out whose it was, so we just cancel it. We figure when we look for that service <laughs> and we don't have it, we'll figure it out. But, you know, every time we do that, we find surprises, things mm-hmm. that we're like, we really don't need this. And it might be $15, but $15 a month adds up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think the, the funniest one and this goes back a long time, so you'd have to be older to probably relate to this. But there was a time when I, we were doing this, and we were really looking at everything. And I decided to look at our, our... That was back when we still had a landline, and we were looking at our phone charge. And I'm like, this looks like we have two landlines, two phone lines. And I'm like, how would that be? Like, does this make any sense? Mm-hmm. And then I asked... So then we were puzzling it out, and we realized... We had carried two phone lines for a while so we could have a modem. Do you guys know what a modem is? Yeah, <laughs> Like there was <laughs> a modem line <laughs> and a lion line. Well, we didn't have any cell phones, so at least it was cheaper than that. But, but it had been a couple of years since we had had a modem. So we had been paying for the second phone line for like two years. And um, I was really happy to get rid of that one. But, you know, there are things that get add on. Like maybe you add on, you know. I don't know, some special thing to your phone, and then later you decide you don't really need it. So Mm -hmm. um, I think going through and looking for those things on your bills and making sure you don't have reoccurring expenses you don't want, or maybe ones that you want, but you could do without it for six months, and then you could add it back in later. I think that's one of the fastest ways to find money, and and I do believe they add up. Kamaya. Give me your one of your best tips.
0: <laughs> one is trying to reduce like kid expenses, and this is for kind of when they're a little bit younger. So I remember when my um, my seven year old, when she was younger, you know, going through clothes so fast, I mm-hmm. would trade in to um, stores like Once Upon a Child or other gently used um, clothes store. So what you do is you would probably get like credit or cash back, mm-hmm. and I took the cash back and put it into her savings account Aww. or. If it was, um, say, I did, like, store credit, I would do the store credit for costumes for Halloween. So mm-hmm. when I trade things in to get costume for Halloween, so I wouldn't have, I do not sew. So um, it, it worked <laughs> out well. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm i not very good at sewing. So that worked out well. So that was one way to, like, cut, like, some expenses, like, when, when she was little. Um, as they get older, it gets a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I try, like, different ways. It's, like, we have a teenager now, and it just gets a little bit harder. She likes nice things. But when <laughs> they were little, with, like, trading in, like, the clothes and then just supplying that to, like, her savings account, um, and now we have, like, a kid budget. We call it a kid budget. So for, like, activities and different things like that, so we are – on track each month and Mm -hmm. trying our best to, um, not overspend. So to try to reduce some of that. And if there's like leftover at the end of the month, it gets applied to something else. So trying to reduce like the amount that we spend each month on like those different expenses relating to the girls. Mm. That's a good one.
1: You know, yeah. and to jump in on that one, you know, as the kids got older, because you're right, it gets harder, um, but there was a place, um, I think when they were in high school, it, that I started saying, this is how much I'm going to spend on your kind of, you know, monthly expenses, whether it was music lessons or You know, equipment for sports activities. And if you want to do something else, then you have to pay for it. Or you have to pay a part of it if Mm -hmm. it's more than what would be reasonable Mm -hmm. for them to pay. So, like, they kind of had to put their skin into it. You know, like, they had to come up with that. Um, And because, again, you're, you know, I think it's a good point that with kid expenses, they do grow. And you kind of anticipate that that will happen. But you have to have a place where they have to think, of, from my point point of and my, my values, there was a place where I felt like they had to think about how much is this really worth it to me? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a the time element. How much you time are you going to put into it? But also, how much money is our household going to put into it? And we had three boys close in age, so it actually didn't matter to us. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, there was quite a bit of money going out for kid expenses there. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's
1: an excellent
2: point. That is excellent point.
1: My best tip
2: is to eat at home. Yes, you heard that right, eat at home. I know we've all been eating at home for months and months and months, and you've been making breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for seven days a week, and it's not so fun after about like the third day. But eating at home really does help save expense, um, keep those expenses down. Sorry, I'm just, you know, I I've, I've listened to my sister talk about she she never cooks. I love you, sister, but you never cook, and you know that. Not that they <laughs> listen to my podcast, but if they did, they would know. Um, but I recently posted some meme about, like, you know, since I've been in quarantine, you know, <laughs> making breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day has been really exhausting. And she's like, see, you know, you, never, you always make dinner, and see, it's hard. It's just hard to make dinner. And I was like, yes, I know. I just don't know what to make anymore. But if you... Are looking to cut expenses eating at home is the best way and if you really like cat videos <laughs> i'm gonna throw this out there is that we have our uh financial fat cat and she does a really great job of explaining about how you should eat at home and cut expenses so kathy number tip number two unless you'd like to chime in
1: <laughs> sure don't forget to put that fat cat link in our i um, will in our notes there um Actually, it was my second tip that I thought about kind of builds off of one that Kamaya was mentioning when she was talking about, you know, taking clothing to like a resale shop. Mm -hmm. Mine was a little different was it it was there's things in my mind that I've said to myself, like, well, I can only buy this new thing when I've sold something else or raised the money for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if I wanted to buy new summer toys for my kids, then I kind of told myself I had to go through all the old stuff they weren't using and sell it, like at a garage sale or something, you know. Before I gave myself permission to go out and spend that money on buying something new for them, mm-hmm. you know. Other things, like if you want, you know, because if you, it's a, I think a good time. So it's kind of like a way to increase income, but it actually was related directly to like a spending item. So. Oh. Looking through the things that you have and thinking, is there something that I could sell that would then give me cash to buy what I want? Kamaya, number two.
0: Yeah, I was, I was struggling to come up with, like, a second one. I'm like, you do things every day. What are the other <laughs> ways that you reduce <laughs> these senses? right? And I think this is what we challenge, like, our listeners and folks who attend our class to do. Like, how do you brainstorm and try to figure out ways to do that? Because mm-hmm. even though, you know, there probably is, like, some obvious ways right in your face, sometimes it's just um, it's hard. And I think for me, I said this before on, like, several of our podcasts. Like, I hate fees so much um, no matter how small it is and you know even like with like using like my credit card with making sure that I, I you know I paid off or to avoid like any of like those fees because you know I interest that and all of that so I really do try to avoid fees so everything that relates to fees I work really hard to um, not pay that and mm-hmm. um, reduce like anything that I have going out related to that
2: so my second one is, and I'm really guilty of this, I'm just going to say this first off, this is something I probably should do. I probably should have done this like yesterday, or maybe three months ago, or maybe like a year ago. (laughs) Um, But removing credit cards from your smartphone to reduce impulse spending. So I am, I am a really bad impulse spender, especially late at night. Um, And when I was um, When my son was very little, especially in the middle of the night, I would like order things and then they'd come to my house. And um, I was like, oh, wait, when did I order that? I was like, oh, yeah, at three o'clock in the morning the other night. <laughs> but I think we're just removing those. The, the temptation can really help curb that um, impulse spending. And, you know, maybe you might start to see a difference in your expenses because you are like, you know, basically taking that habit and take in removing it and making it um, you're able to do it so I think that's one thing I, I have done in the past I haven't done it lately I really should so I'm a terrible financial educator for not doing it <laughs>
0: What you're saying is, while those mobile wallets can be useful, they can also yes. be very tempting.
2: Yes, okay. very tempting. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but for me, it's like, oh, that's a cute swimsuit. Do do do, pay, bye. <laughs> Come to my house. It'll be
0: there in two days. <laughs> You know, as you're making that comment to Sesha, it just always reminds me, like when we're on the podcast and we're teaching, like to connect with like our audience too, that we are regular people who mm-hmm. makes regular mistakes we or, do. you know, just like wanting to find ways that we can constantly improve like what we're doing in our financial lives
2: mm-hmm. too. So I love that you shared that comment. Oh yeah. I think this was a fun topic. I laughed a lot. Like I had to actually meet myself a few times Mm -hmm. from you guys (laughs) (laughs) because, I mean, just some of the things that we were talking about. I mean, but it is an important thing to think about. Like if if you are struggling financially or if you're just thinking about, you know, ways that you want to start doing things differently that, you know, maybe looking at tracking those expenses and seeing where you can cut is a good way to do that.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, we're paying attention. We're seeing what's going on, um, mm-hmm. you know, economic-wise. So even if families are doing well, um, you're still, like, trying to find ways to make sure that you are secure in, um, like, your family self, yourself, you know, as we don't know what's going to happen, right? So as things just, like, go along. So it's just good for all of us to think about, like, some of the different ways that we can we can look into this.
1: You know, that might be a good point, too, to build on that, Kamaya is if you're not struggling right now and, you know, immediately looking for places that you have to cut, it might be a worth a conversation with your significant partner to say, you know, looking forward, if there was an area we were going to cut, here's some brainstormed ideas, which ones would be the most comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. it really isn't about you. Ha- everybody has to do, you know. XYZ. It's about finding the ones that you feel that you can change and still feel comfortable in your life, like it works for you. You're mm-hmm. not you're always missing it. I mean, there are times when you don't have that luxury in a way where you have to make changes, but it might be good if you're not in that place where you have to do it now to start thinking, what would we change? Because the research is pretty clear that the sooner you can make changes after you've lost employment or your hours have been reduced, the, the easier it is for families down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's hard when you're in that emotional crisis of like, mm-hmm. I'm out of work mm-hmm. to do things. And yeah. so if you can take some steps and have a plan, it may make that moment a little bit easier. And different money personalities respond to stress differently,
2: you know, um, like for me, uh, we bought a bunch of things, you know, like games and things once, um, you know, the, the quarantine hit. And so I wasn't like overspending, but I was spending a little bit more than I was prior because I was stressed. Like I, I was really, you know, and I think, you know, just making sure that you're aware of that can be helpful and you know, if that's an issue, you know, because maybe you have lost your job, but now you're stressed, but now you're overspending, um, or maybe spending on things you don't need, you know, that can be kind of like a, a red flag or a light bulb moment that says, Hey, times things got to change. Okay. Ladies. Thank you for your time today. I hope our listeners learned something new. Maybe they got a few laughs out of us. (laughs) Um, but it was great to have this discussion about ways to cut expenses. So,
0: Always great Thank you. on with you both. Thank you all so
2: much. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.